Hi, everybody. Welcome to UEA's Nursing Podcast. I'm Joe Ellis-Gage, and today we have a Meet the Lecturer episode with Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi, Joe. So thank you for coming in um, to do our Meet the Lecturer so we can find out about you and your career and what got you to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start with just the basics. Who are you and, and what's your role? Who am I? Well, I am Katie McGee and I am an Associate Professor in mm-hmm. Children and Young People's Health and Nursing. And I have been, and I'm a registered children and young persons nurse. And I have been here at the University of East Anglia since 2011. Okay. So one of the more established members of the, yes. the team. Furniture. Furniture. Been here a while. No, an important part of the team. Okay, cool. So that all sounds very fancy. Mm, with it is. associate professor and all of that yes. kind of stuff very important but at some point in your life you were a student nurse um just like a lot of the people that will be watching this yeah. so what we'd like to find out at the start is how and why you ended up in nursing everyone seems to have a different story as to how they decided to or why they became a nurse some people don't really know some people knew they were going to be a nurse from three years old what what, what got you into it Okay, so I'm going to be really honest with you. I didn't have the calling Mm -hmm. that some of us have had. Um, But I think I uh, what I wanted to be was a journalist. Okay. Join the Navy or work in a fruit and veg shop. And I know that's a real uh, diverse (laughs) range. Um, There's still time. (laughs) There is still time. I still hanker after those things. But for various reasons, I think the reason that I found myself in nursing was I spent an awful lot of time in hospital, both in and around uh, Norwich and also in London at Great Ormond Street as a Mm -hmm. child, which was hugely life-changing for me and my family. So whilst I didn't naturally progress toward it, because I'd spent so much time in hospital and around healthcare, it kind of felt like the natural coming home, maybe, yeah. to, so to speak, when, I'll be really honest, I didn't know what to do. I got to that age where I didn't do so well in GCSEs, I didn't do so well in A-levels, um, because I was very distracted, yeah. uh, lots going on. So I, I reached a point where, what, what shall I do, what shall I do? And it just felt a very natural progression yeah, for me. Yeah, because you've been exposed to it, you kind of went, oh, I could do that, and it just yeah. sort of happened. They're good people. They do some good things. And I'd met some fantastic nurses and healthcare professionals, some not so as well. And I think it just felt like a habitat that I could develop in. Yeah, yeah. But you're not the sort of dressed up as a nurse when you were five and knew that would be it for the rest of your life. You weren't dead set. It was a decision. I often heard you say, best decision ever. And it makes it realise that it wasn't your calling as such. It was a choice. Uh, that's a really good way to describe it. It was my, I, it was my best decision ever, but I didn't know that until later in my life. Yeah. And part of that is due to the work itself and the things that I've done and the people I've seen. But much of it is from the fantastic, you know, course that I did, the friends that I've met, which are you know mm. friends for life. And I think this is probably a bit cheesy, but the whole developing as a nurse, it's a tapestry within your whole personality and it transfers. I mean, don't get me wrong, I have a good time, I have lots of fun, but I think being a professional just transfers into so many parts of your life. Yeah. Um, and I think you just, uh, even though I don't care for children and young people directly now because I'm not physically nursing, 
day to day. I'm training and educating the nurses of the future, and that's a real privilege. Yeah, um, and it's more than a, a job, isn't it? Like you can't just yeah. do it as a job and go home and forget about it. No. It's, it's far bigger than that. So where did you do your training? It- I trained at King's College in London. Um, I went there in 1995, um, and that was back in the day they had something called Project 2000, and I did a diploma, um, and again, honesty, um, full disclosure, I didn't do as well in my A-levels as my parents hoped um, I okay. would, but we had the option then to either do a degree or the diploma, and I went and did the diploma, again, with the life that I've had, the friends that I've made, I since did my degree and my master's, um, at my pace when I was ready, it was just the, the best option for me. Yeah. Yeah. So it worked that way. That's interesting. And when you did your um, your training, did you find that you knew immediately that was the right decision? Like you, you once you went and did your first placement, or you started learning, you went, "Yep, yeah, this is yeah. it. This is for me." It was the first day. It was a skills lecture, okay. and there was a lecturer. I remember her. I won't probably say her name because I'm not, probably not allowed to do that. <laughs> um, but she was very into performing and theatricals, and I was drawn to her because of that. Because that's my kind of something I enjoy as well. And she talked about um, when you are seeing to a patient's personal hygiene. You know, whether it's bathing them, washing their hair, whatever that it's an art it's not just a task and she you know she was very over dramatic and it was all and I sat there and I watched her, I thought oh, I want to do that one day um and mm. I was I was asked um and, and I'd watch like the lecturers in the immediate and I just think I want to teach about these really interesting concepts that are just about life and people and families and although you have to learn so much scientifically yeah there's so much that's just part of our lives because we're all service users, aren't we? We've all yeah, got yeah. health and well-being needs. Um, so, and so, and I was asked on that first day, you know, where do you want to go in nursing? And you know, friends were saying, I want to be a, you know, ITU nurse. I want to work in A and E. Want to work in a community school nursing? And I said, I want to do what you're doing. I want to be a lecturer. I knew instantly. That's interesting. You're the second person I've interviewed who've said on their first day they decided they want to be a lecturer. Yeah. Like they knew that would be the long term yeah. where they'd end up. I want to teach this. I want to share yeah. share this knowledge because it just had such a huge impact on me to learn to then go out and practice. I loved mm. practice, but I I probably enjoyed the theory a little bit more yeah. than the practice, perhaps. Yeah, which is probably I don't know, maybe rarer than some. I would say, yeah. yeah. But obviously, you didn't go straight into practice. No. Uh, or straight straight into to education. You went and did your course. Mm-hmm. Where did you go and work when you when you qualified? Yeah, so I qualified um, in 1998. I have to think, rack my brains here now. And then I, my first um, nursing post was at Guy's Hospital. Mm-hmm. And or it might have been St. Thomas's. Guy's and St. Thomas's were obviously joined together. They've now yeah. got a children's hospital themselves, but they didn't have at the time. And I worked, first of all, on the surgical ward um, for a couple of years. And then I moved to the medical ward and I became an E-grade staff, which is, a, I think it's all different now because yeah. of the, the bandings. But Like a senior staff nurse? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think it was, was a senior. I it think that? senior staff nurse was F, wasn't oh, it? Oh, okay. Back in the day. Um, so yeah, I, it was my first step towards a senior staff nurse. So, I, so I'd done surgical and I'd done medical, which was a brilliant combination to get a real all-round general, you know, children young peoples with long-term conditions mm. with acute surgical needs 
Um, and then I moved back to a surgical ward, but I worked with children, young people with very um, complex health needs and disabilities that required orthopaedic surgery, scoliosis okay. surgery and such like. And I gained a real interest at, at that time in pain management yep. for people who are nonverbal. And that took me then to probably my most rewarding um, nursing post, which was a clinical nurse specialist post at Great Ormond Street yep. in pain management. And I did my master's and I did it around that subject and I was interviewed by the BBC and I published mm. and it was re I was really pushed to do so. It would have been yeah. easy just to, you know, go along. But I, I had some fantastic supervisors and there was just a real vibe at Great Ormond Street of, you know, we have this knowledge, we have to impart it. Yeah, and um, it wasn't just doing, again, like not just doing a job, it was like developing and pushing forward and... Yeah. and Leading change, yeah. yeah, it was very much about that. that that's what my master's was in, uh, professional leadership in healthcare. Yeah. Um, and that's put me in such good stead, whether it's working with people clinically or whether it's working in an education environment with colleagues and with students and practice partners. Yeah, oh, that sounds really interesting. Mm. So when you were doing that role, did you, you kind of had oversight and went into all the different areas of the hospital yeah. and would be supporting the nurses caring for these children in in that in their pain management yeah so it was pan trust um, and as you can imagine at great ormond street there was lots of different wards and specialities so yeah we'd we'd support all across the board from you know general uh, from you know oncology wards to different you know specialities of surgery and then also neonatal intensive care pediatric intensive care theaters recovery so i i was kind of here there and everywhere yeah um, but the main idea of the role was to help develop, um, com you know, helping clinical consultancy around um, complex cases rather than sometimes, you know, you get the bleep and it's, oh, I've got a child here in pain. Well, you're a nurse. You should be able to deal you, with you've that. got to deal with that. So, there, you know, it was, it's really interesting. I think and that's probably where my... I'd always had an, an interest in education, but I think at that point realising that you we had such um, agency to help others, mm. you know, move forward with their knowledge. So I think education became such a big part of my CNS role and I'd find myself doing quite a lot of the, you know, teaching yeah. um, around that. But, you know, there was lots of things involved from, you know, clinical work with people one-to-one, -one, bedside teaching to um, research and audit, um, lots of leadership and kind of changing services to yeah. develop them. And so lots of stuff that you probably hadn't really thought was part of nursing when Absolutely. you went into nursing. Very much so. Not just the bedside care stuff, like a whole Absolutely. wide range of things. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And so then how do you get from, from that role, sort of starting to do a bit of teaching, seeing how you can kind of educate others mm. to being here at UEA and being an associate professor i am i'm somebody who makes a decision i don't think about something very much and then i think about it for a few hours and i make a decision and i just do it and i okay. make and is it going to work or is it not let's see and i made a decision to call up one of my um old lecturers at king's college in london where i trained and where i'd done a lot of my post-reg um education yeah and i phoned her up and she had supervised me through my masters so we'd done like you know we'd had this professional relationship but we'd become friends um after i'd um finished my course and i called her and i said look i really want to be a lecturer what should i do 
And she said, well, you've got your master, so that's a really good step. But call, and she gave me the name of somebody to call. Um, I think you might be in luck. And I made a call to the heads of the children and young people's and midwifery team, nursing yeah. team. And they said, yeah, we've got a job. Come in and have an interview. And I went mm -hmm. and had an interview and I got a job. And I could, I was suddenly like, oh, I'm a lecturer. This it's like, I want to do that. And then I'm, then you're do doing that, it. And I'm not going to do it. And, and then suddenly it just felt really real. But it, it happened so quickly from me making the actual decision. So I think things are different now in terms of how you progress towards these mm. things. But I think the more education you can get under your belt the masters put me in yeah. such good stead for it it was hard work i'm not going to you know paint it as anything other than that working full-time doing studies and it is easy to say oh i'm just i'm not going to do anything else hence i'm doing my doctorate at the moment which wasn't in the master plan yeah but i think it's just all about when you actually learn and can impart that whether you're teaching somebody or working directly with a family, a child, a young person, family, we just have such privilege mm. in our hands to share that. And what do you enjoy most about being a lecturer? I think um, I love the atmosphere of higher education. I think there's a lots of stresses and strains with it. Um, I, um, I would say it's so different every day. Um, I work with brilliant team and so many different people. Um, so the people that I work with is is fantastic. But, you know, some days you're doing this that I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, and then this afternoon I'm going to be working with my colleagues, um, helping students to decide what placement pathways I want to go on. And then I'm going to be recording a presentation that I'm doing for the neonatal module tomorrow. Yeah. And it just... Then I'm going to be catapulted into a lecture with 300 students, which, again, still makes me feel a little bit sick and my heart <laughs> beat faster. But that doesn't do any harm to, to want to be on your A game. Um, and then you're working skill sessions and, you know, really closely with people and talking about very deep um intense complex uh, yeah. scenarios that people go through so it's, i think it's the variety i think there's just a lovely atmosphere everyone's really happy to be here and i think there's just something about combining healthcare and education there's a kind of nursing culture i think and um, we've all got brilliant senses of humor yeah. most of us have and um, i think that get, that gets us through but i think we do putting all of that aside we really do care about people and we care about you know he people's health and well-being is everything it comes above everything and so I think it gives us a more of a fighting chance to be happy at work maybe that, yeah. we're, that we're doing that yeah I guess that everyone who's become a nursing lecturer has gone through that nursing process yeah. and really wants to make a difference they're yeah. not just here because they're interested in a topic like they've been yeah. through the process to, yeah. to get to this point yeah. Um, and it's interesting also listing some of the things you're doing, because one of the things that's I think useful for students to see is what we're doing when we're not in front of them, because it's not like school teaching necessarily where teachers are in the room all day and they're yeah. teaching and everyone knows that our jo jobs are so varied, so varied that we do so many different things in yeah. the course of a week. It's kind of hard to quantify. So you've given some interesting mm -hmm. examples of what, what else we do, Yeah. Um, not to mention all of the looking after students and well-being and mm. advising and yeah. marking and planning and everything. Yeah. So uh, thinking about um, the new students and yeah. we've, we might have starting here now, 
if you were to give some advice to a, to a group of students and they were nervous at the start of their three years mm. or even just thinking about applying and they haven't got to this point yet, mm. what bit of advice would you give them that would make them get the most out of their, yeah. their training? I think I would probably say... <laughs> The academic side of things can be really daunting for people. Um, and I think that's whether you feel you're naturally academic or not, because it is a step up. You're mm -hmm. going, you know, you're going to university to do a degree, but on top of that, you're developing to become a professional. And that's really different to going to do, I don't know, a history degree, for yeah. instance. So it's kind of it, it's a double whammy in a way. So what I would say is it doesn't matter how academic you think you are. I think you should just apply yourself 110%. And I know from what I've seen of students over the years that have been really successful, they're not necessarily the A-grade students. Mm -hmm. They're the students who just work so hard in their own time to plan and organise. And I think it's a bit boring, really, and I sound like a bit of an old mother hen <laughs> saying it, but I'd say if you're organised, keep at it and step yeah. it up a notch. And if you're not, sort it out, find ways, find tricks and tips. Because if you're organised and step ahead of the game and you do independent learning and you, you have a curiosity in things, I think that's the trick, isn't it? It's yeah. about not just going through a checklist, having a natural curiosity to learn. It becomes more fun and therefore it becomes easier. Yeah. Then if you constantly burying your head in the sand and think, you know, it's hard. We're not going to lie about that. It's hard. And the reason it's hard is because it's such a privilege. It's a privileged course to yeah. be on and it's a privileged registration and um, degree to gain. So I would say that. And the only other thing I would say, which I think should always put fire in bellies, is you're going to be out there caring for the public across the life course and. Um, and think of people that you're caring for as you would want your loved one to be cared for. Yeah. Whether that was your mum, your dad, your spouse, your child. Um, it's really easy to get bogged down in the minutiae and the stress and strains of work and our own things that are going on in our own personal life. But you can make such a huge difference if you have an attitude of caring as if it was somebody that you knew. And that will not go unnoted and I think the satisfaction you get from that, I think then all the other things come alongside that yeah. really naturally. Uh, you know, th what other career is there that gives you that, um, gives you that, you know, just glimpse and privilege into other people's lives, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's quite a privilege, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's really good advice. So you've got mm. the looking after others as you would want your own nearest yeah. and dearest to be, to be looked after. Yeah. And kind of be organized in, in that academic work from the start and really yeah. kind of step that up. Um, yeah. Cause you're right. A lot of the people that come into this come into it because they really want to become a nurse, not necessarily because they really want to study mm. within higher education. They're yeah. capable of it, but that's not their driving yeah. bit behind it, but they can all do it. It's yep. being on it from the start. Yep. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Um, we've you. found out a little bit about you and, um, students that will see you more often over the next few years will meet you and yep. find out lots more um hopefully you found this um episode interesting if you have any um comments you can add them in the comment section below you can click like you can click subscribe um and find out more about the other lecturers that we've got um and you'll have more alerts when we get more videos published um but 
Thank you very much, and thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. No worries. <laughs> Thanks. Thank <laughs> you.